Well, well, well. Well, well. It is 2024. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, as always, I am Joshua. We are here in the gym, and I've got the full training staff on board with us. So you get Jordan and Christina and me today. Um, and, uh, you know, New Year's is not really a time of, like, frantic... Uh, membership signups, at least for me, at least for the way that we do our business here. Uh, New Year's, I think people are kind of getting on to, you know, it's cliche to make resolutions and it's cliche to try to revitalize everything. Mm -hmm. um, nevertheless, it's a good time for reflection. Uh, so the way I see it, really, you should likely already be in motion. I think a good time to change is at the end of summer when people are getting off of, uh, you know, getting off of vacations and kids are starting school um, and people are settling into a routine again. I think that's mm -hmm. a good time to, yeah. to actually implement change. Yeah. And then I think the autumn time is a good time to proof the change that you've implemented so the New Year's might be a good time to adjust mm -hmm. change, but you yeah. probably ought to already be in motion. At least that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, an interesting writer, Jordan. You might run into run into this from time to time with your other business, uh, Jim Rohn. I don't know if you've heard of, but he did a lot of like business thinking, and he uh, some of his stuff is a little bit um, uh, well, I don't know what the right word is kind of uh it's not fanciful by any means mm -hmm. it's it's a practical wisdom but it's a little bit um uh, rosy okay. i don't know <laughs> anyways <laughs> he, he has this book on the four seasons it's like you can read it in an afternoon and how each season kind of represents a phase in your life okay and you know springtime is for planting and summertime is for weeding and mm -hmm. you know pesting and autumn is harvest but wintertime when you think that there's not uh, a lot of productive things to do. It's a good time for personal growth, good yeah, time for right. reflection. Mm -hmm. um, honest to goodness, a lot of people here in Colorado use the wintertime as their weightlifting season. Right. You know, if they're like heavy duty cyclists or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a great time to, to work on these things. Um, but I figured what we'd do today is do not a retrospective, but maybe a prospective. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of look at, or that's actually used in uh, the marketplace. That's a uh, yeah. a stock terminology. Mm -hmm. You get a perspective from a company and what they expect to do. But this is a personal perspective um, about what we're looking forward to in our personal growth and how that's going to take place in the next year. Um, have you heard of have do be? No. Yes. I Okay, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a uh, a three word way to introduce just a simple concept, which is you want to have something. What do you have to do mm. to have that something? Mm -hmm. And then, if you want to do that something, what do you have to be mm -hmm. in order to do that? Right. Um, so I'll I'll leave that thought there and go slightly off to the side. There was a really interesting study, and I don't know if um, the folks that did this like ended up turning it into an actual published paper, but they collected so much data. It was really illuminating on um, 
weight loss. And they had essentially collected thousands of respondents of people that were lean and mm -hmm. fit. And they just begin to question them about their personal habits. And a lot of trends came out. And as these trends came out, um, it's not only instructive for people that are trying to change their life to, um, you know, if you want to have a leaner figure, what you have to do? Well, obviously nutrition, exercise and recovery, like that's it. Mm -hmm. but, but what do you have to be mm -hmm. to do that or to want to do that? And so people that were naturally leaner got all these questions. And one of the common themes that came up is thinner people just were not interested in food. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, mealtime is an interruption, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have things to do and, uh, let's get through this so I can get on to the next thing. Right. As opposed to like, Oh, this is like my sanctuary or this is my uh -huh. reward, mm -hmm. you yes. know, or like this is, you know, what the, the end of a hard day has to look like. Mm -hmm. But interestingly enough, this was applied to skinny people who needed to put on weight. So mm. people that were significantly underweight, I mean, you need to start getting more interested in food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You need to spend some time in the kitchen. Right. And uh, like really begin to take mealtime seriously. Um, so it can go both ways. It's very goal dependent. Right. Yes. But uh, but the concept, you know, for people that are listening is hopefully the three of us are fitness role models. <laughs> right. But yes. uh, let's let's talk about what we are being and what we are doing. And then maybe just by way of the stuff that we're talking about, you can, you know, catch on to, to some of that and learn how to change your mindsets and change where you're coming from. And that can help you have the results that you want. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that comes through changing who you are, mm -hmm. not the intrinsic specialness of you as a person, but like deeply ingrained habits. Yes deeply ingrained attitudes, mm -hmm. how you respond to situations. So yeah, I was figuring, figuring, let's just talk about that. Um, it'll be good. Uh, I'll say one other thing too. Like I, I really need to work on, uh, my interaction with like my physical objects. I don't think that you're giving me a really funny look. So I'm not sure what you <laughs> yeah. mean by that. Do tell. I'm, explain I'm, a little bit. I'm trying to explain to you guys. Um, this is really... That's why I was waiting. Well, it's goal one. Like, if, if we talk about um, <clears throat> terrain, being an influencer, mm -hmm. like, sometimes somebody who's struggling with snacks, mm -hmm. change the entrance that you're coming in in the house. You know, if you yeah. always enter through the mm -hmm. garage and maybe that's where the pantry is and you grab something along the way, just changing your approach can change mm -hmm. everything. But yeah, sure. um, for me, I have a smaller house and uh, clutter is a really big deal Yeah, and it can cause stress and aggravation. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of goes into goal number one for me this year. I don't have anything against things. I'm not a materialist. I'm not an anti-materialist. Mm. I think things are good, but not if they run your life. Yeah. You know, um, so I think this year is going to be focused less on the, the acquisition of things and I'm going to be focusing more on maintenance okay. of the things that I do have. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? good. Yeah. 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 Jordan, you're Since what do you got? You had just talked about, um, nutrition and people, needing to get more interested in food and not wanting to rush through it. And that's actually one of my main goals this year mm -hmm. because with how busy my schedule has been, I'm literally like, ah, oh, I don't want to grab something to eat. I just want to go and I don't want to eat. 
And so that's one of my main things I want to focus on this year is getting better on like having ready to go snacks that are just easy grab and go. Um, because I have a lot of like exercise goals that I want. And in order for me to accomplish those, I really think my nutrition needs to get on par with that. Yeah. Not that it's terrible, but there's a lot of room for growth with it. Yeah. Yeah. And in your particular situation, like you, you actually have a little more influence over your schedule than you think. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not something that's going to turn around like next week. Right. Like you can't you can't make that pace yeah. stop right away. We can probably shape that pace for you mm-hmm. within three months to six months. Yes. Right. But for now, you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to – would you view this as more of a nutrition goal or would you view this as more of a planning goal mm-hmm. and preparation goal? Um, Probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say both. Yeah, because the ready-to-go snacks will work really well once you've made them, mm-hmm. and that'll work the first time. Yeah. But then you have to, you have to reload your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And the third yes. time and the fourth time. Yeah. It's never-ending chore. Yeah. we got to eat. Well, and Which, even just, like, with main meals, too, I just... It's not appealing, like, going for dinner. When I get home, I'm just like, ah, I have more work I have to do. I would rather do that instead of... Like, sit down, take the time to actually mm-hmm. enjoy the food and yeah. focus on what it's doing for my body. Yeah. So. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, human behavior is complex. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And the, the thing I brought up about um, a trend among thin people is that they're less interested in food. But that doesn't mean that that works for everybody. Right. You know, you're, you're probably going to have a healthier body if you pay more attention to what you eat. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So. Which, ironically, is actually my number one goal, too, because... Nice! Like, you know, this morning, I haven't eaten anything, because I just... If left to my own devices, my natural proclivity is to not eat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such... It seems like a waste of time. Like, I've got other <laughs> stuff to do, or, you know, even if I'm just, like, focusing on a rest day, it's like, I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> right? But also because, like, I struggled with an autoimmune disorder for a long time, which inadvertently kind of created an eating disorder, because there was, like, a period of maybe, like, five, six years where, like, I was doing good if I ate a 1,000 calories in a day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that kind of built a habit... Mm-hmm. Of just not eating or not caring. And so my number one goal this year is to build a better relationship with food and, like, view it as fuel and as something to be enjoyed and not mm-hmm. as a distraction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I've made a lot of progress, but it's still, like, breakfast for some reason are really, really hard. And so mm-hmm. my focus, like, what do I have to do to achieve that is I need to do meal prepping <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, like, set put it on the schedule and just do meal prepping for the week so that I have something there that I can grab and then I have to discipline myself to actually eat it. <laughs> yes. So that's what you have to do, but then what do you have to be to do I, that prepping? Well, I think that it's, it's kind of twofold because it's like, it's the better relationship with food, but also better relationship with my body. And like, mm-hmm. I need to be in tune with like actual hunger cues, which sometimes are hard when you're used to not eating. Yes. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily notice a hunger cue until I'm like starving, right? And that's so, mm-hmm. which is not great either because yep. then it can lead to overeating at that meal. Right. So you, I need to be more in tune with my body, but I also need to care for my body a little bit more. Like I love lifting, I love exercising, but like my overall relationship with my body is not great. So yeah, those are one big kind of mm-hmm. multifaceted goal wrapped into one. Yeah, that is big. Um, 
and those beagles are good and essentially taking care of yourself better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what you've got to work on, but you also have an amazing superpower of being tremendously organized. Yeah. And so you can harness that on the preparation side of things right. because that's something that you already are. Right. And you discipline just, is not as hard of a thing for me because, like, yeah. if I decide I'm going to do a habit, then I'm going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. so once I actually get it on the schedule and decide that that's going to be a discipline that I'm chasing, then I'll You'll have do no it. problem in it. Yeah. No doubt that I'll yeah. be able to do that. Well, and if I'm dealing with clutter and my number one thing is to reduce that and work on maintenance, I mean, we're, we're kind of in a clutter and a stress um, mm-hmm. Uh, functional area for talking about our goals right now. You're dealing with basically a lot of emotional clutter, yeah, and then really. a ton of stress yes. that you have to manage in order to make your make the headroom to make this goal happen for yep. you, right? Um, you know, stress manifests in a lot of the same ways, like regardless of the mm-hmm. source that it's coming from. Yeah, physical clutter or emotional clutter can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So dealing with that is is a really big deal. Um, and I've gone through in the last four or five years, once or twice a year even, sometimes twice a year, I've done that uh, get rid of things on the the number of things on the day of the month yeah, challenge. Uh-huh. So day one, you get rid of one thing. Day two, you get rid of two things. And then by the time you're up into the, the 20s and even, you know, 30, 31, you've, you've done about 450 items that you've gotten rid of now, like a single sheet of scratch paper. Maybe that doesn't count like, uh, pens that didn't work. I grouped Uh them into groups uh of 10 and counted that as one. Okay. But like I'd done that for four or five years in a row and it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. I love it. But we're at the point now where it's like the things that I have, for example, kitchen knives, like we do not need more kitchen knives. (laughs) The kitchen knives that I have need to be sharpened. Right. Right. Or like the dishes that you have need to be organized a little better so that they don't fall from cupboards and break, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And just yep. that will tremendously reduce the clutter and uh, honestly put in a little bit more pride of ownership, a mm-hmm. little more self-respect. Mm-hmm. Right. And self-respect breeds so many good things. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Jordan, you got any more clutter or stress related habits? things you're going to work on? Um, not really, not stress related. No, it's mostly just focusing on my nutrition part is my big thing. In the context of a schedule mm-hmm. that you can influence, but you can't control right now. Right now. Exactly. Right. Yes. Okay. Which can create stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, I mean, being on the go constantly is stressful, but yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're our early morning trainer and yes. full props to you. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't want the 5am shifts nope. and I'll take Happy it. To let you have them. Good on you. So yes. if you need early morning workouts, Jordan's your, Jordan's your pal. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> kind of along with the stress management too, just kind of like a professional goal in my day job is like mm-hmm. one of my goals is really to work on self-advocacy because yeah. especially in that role, I have taken a lot of crap <laughs> that I probably shouldn't have. And so this year it's like, I really just need to make my needs known because like yeah. the stress is like over the top right now in mm-hmm. that job. So yeah, self-advocacy is, yeah, that's a huge two, thing. which is again, one of those like actually caring for myself and mm-hmm. my body to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Well, and that's something, so, um, I should have said this kind of in my monologue at the beginning, 
and we are going to talk about this over the month of January. The next few podcasts are going to be about um, setting appropriate goals, and we'll mm. probably uh, odds and evens that with um, talks about just like fundamental human movement. But uh, one of the big things is to achieve big things, uh, you have to try to get as many things in your life to line up together so that they're going in the same direction. You know, um, if you really, really, really want to be like a late night jazz musician in the inner city, that's not hyper compatible with early morning workouts, no. you know, <laughs> um, but we talk a lot about recovery and how important it is, but mm -hmm. it is a supporting effort or maybe a main effort to your main activities in the day right. when maybe you need to be working on stemming that stress to begin with. Right. Cause you can only recover so much. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you haven't managed your life, even if you're getting enough rest, you might not be getting enough recovery. Yeah. You know, so, so goals that are in parallel with each other are important. Mm -hmm. And then there are some goals and things that just make your life better that look like they're paradoxical, uh -huh. but they actually are supporting when taken in the right dose. Yeah. An example of that for me is guitar. I want to play more this year. Mm -hmm. um, last year was nuts. I had almost no free time. Um, but I want to be able to play more in even five to 15 minutes a day. Which is such a better mood. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to me, that is a recovery assist. Yes. So I'm not going to take a, a contrasting goal. And at this time, like, I'm not going to go pursue heavy duty classical or jazz lessons and try to just like dramatically ramp up my skills. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I am going to do is I'm going to enjoy the instrument Yeah, and it's going to assist just my whole life. It's going to make mm -hmm. life better. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not a time for pursuing that, but I can make that skill supportive of my other goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you have, um, Jordan, in terms of things that make your life better? Um, honestly, working on just trying to get out and getting more hiking in mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and fishing with my fiance. Because this past year, we, I think, went on three trips, like really quick trips with fishing. And we could tell, like, just how our attitudes were this past year. We were just a lot more stressed and not having as much fun as we probably should. Um, so just trying to make it more of an effort of going fishing and hiking more. Mm -hmm. And fishing is yeah. not typically something that like you can do really quickly no, and be satisfied not. that like, Oh, you know what? We've got a couple hours to kill. Let's go fishing. Exactly. Right. Like you, know, you need <laughs> minimum a half day, mm -hmm. probably a full day to really enjoy it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've tried the really fast quicking trip or fishing trips and <laughs> quicking <fast>. trips. <laughs> you guys knew what I was saying. Yep. <laughs> um, and it just turned out being more stressful than enjoyable. So mm -hmm. just trying to plan out more of those trips and making the best of them instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, dang it. I was going to actually pull in the, uh, the titles, um, but I'm, I'm going to read more. And I've got a few books in mind in particular. There's uh, mm. the new toughness training for sports. That's a 
important like sports psychology work mm -hmm. that helps you realize you know toughness is the ability to take pain mm -hmm. but it's also the ability to be resilient and to recover from a mistake yeah that's yeah. good so it's it's not just um you know like the like typical classical tough guy stuff it's like bouncing back up and allowing yourself to adjust in stride. Mm -hmm. And then um, that stride can happen in the middle of a match or in the middle of a game, in the middle of a workout. But then that stride can also happen in the middle of a season or in like, you know, the context of for like the basic person who's just working out. Well, you miss something. How are you going to bounce back from that? Or, you know, right now I've got a bit of a cold. Like, how am I going to bounce back from that and get my next mm -hmm. workout? So we talk about the individual action, but then also the campaign. Yeah. And then those strings of actions turn into strings of seasons and campaigns. Mm -hmm. And then that turns into your life, you know, and how can you be resilient that way? So, you know, I'm really looking forward to learning more about that, but also, uh, just reading in general mm -hmm. book, a paper book. Yes. So much better than anything electronic. And I mean, anything electronic, even if it's a well-written article, is just doing something to your stress level that's elevating mm -hmm. it. Whereas you yeah. pull that book out and immediately everything gets more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's Especially when it's like a really interesting book. You're just zoned in on it. I'm I reading a really it. interesting book right now and it's taking forever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. It, it doesn't look like a thick book, uh -huh. but it's a slow book, but it's really interesting. It's the mm -hmm. most amazing phenomenon. What book is it's that? The, uh, it's Theodore Roosevelt's um, African Game Trails. Oh. Yeah, really interesting mm -hmm. stuff That's from like uh, the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. It will probably shock the modern day mind, yeah. but good discussions that probably had to be had and think about the times mm -hmm. and then also just really really interesting adventures mm -hmm. like some scary stuff happened I on bet. these planes <laughs> and some really interesting people from the the locals and the natives to the adventurers to mm -hmm. the people that are trying to farm it to people that are coming in from india to find work right just really really fascinating huh. period of time um that would be fascinating and it's it's dragging on in a fun way mm -hmm. <laughs> because it feels like there's always, you know, more to read. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it's that. It's good, but it reduces stress levels. It does. It does. And I think it makes you a better informed, more deep thinker. Um, mm -hmm. A few years ago when I was substitute teaching, mm -hmm. came across this one book that was sitting on a teacher's desk and uh, it was called The Shallows. How... Um, Something like how the internet's rotting our brains. Mm -hmm. And really, really interesting work by a journalist, but like borderline academic level quality huh. about how uh, modern students are abandoning deep thought because they can very quickly control F or they can Google search their snippet mm -hmm. and you just find that little snippet of a quote that supports your position without like yeah. thinking through your position. Right. right. You know, people used to have to go to libraries yeah. and mm -hmm. used to have to read works and understand works and understand the context and like actually think about it. And, you know, it took you, uh, yeah. took you, if you were doing it correctly, I did some term papers correctly and I did some term papers incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> like, so the minimum time in a term paper is from like six at night <laughs> till eight the next morning. Oh, man. <laughs> Right. It can be done. It can be done. Um, I have done it several times. But a good paper should take you, you know, a couple a months couple, to write. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At yeah, least and, a couple weeks. And you have time to reconsider what you're writing. 
yeah. reconsider your thesis. So just regular reading improves you as a person. Mm -hmm. Which is one of my goals is reading for leisure because like mm -hmm. I do a lot of reading that like I have to do, like required reading, right? Yes, so, yes, yes. And it's, you know, all mm -hmm. professional growth or professional development kind of things. And like those can be like such drudgery. Mm -hmm. And so like the reading for relaxation is a totally different kind of reading. Even if it is like a self-help or, you know, a fitness thing or something like that, it's something that's different that you really enjoy is mm -hmm. really important, I feel like. So for me that this yeah. year, but I like detective stories. Mm -hmm. So I will be reading those. Very nice. good. Um, I also have another book on my list. Um, this will provide a good segue to the next uh, category of goals too. But it's uh, the greatest game ever played. It I is. It is a golf story, and it's about a young man, early 1900s, who was the first amateur to win the U.S. Open, and he was probably. 20 or 21 when he did it. Um, it's a good movie too. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, um, who you know before he got super weird, <laughs> he was probably the same age when he acted that movie. But it's a just a really, really interesting story about you know a guy seeking his father's approval and mm -hmm. also trying to follow his passion, and also um, one of the greats from Britain who was having a similar set of struggles because he didn't come from money. He came from poverty, but mm. he became one of the best players. And he's trying to fit in with his country. Mm. Um, and uh, and then they end up going head-to-head -head in the finals, this you know young American and this highly proven British golfer. And uh, the amount of skill that they displayed, still unmatched um, mm. in terms of you know, dominance and wins and, yeah. and longevity, you know, it's just really fascinating. But, uh, the interesting thing about a movie and movies can be very good. They evoke a certain sense of, uh, maybe what the director is trying to, to pull out mm -hmm. and that's great, but they don't let the imagination run as wild yes. mm -hmm. as a book. Yep, so while movies are maybe even the pinnacle American art form, right. Um, reading still lets your mind wander and it lets you dwell over something for you know days and days i mm -hmm. told you guys when i walked in the door today i watched interstellar last night mm -hmm. <laughs> good science fiction movie um but i mean that's it's hanging heavy over my head today uh -huh. and that typically happens with a heavy hitting sci-fi movie for yeah. me right and it's a uh, you know dramatic and uh sad and all of this stuff but um it'll pass in a day or two but a book you get to chew on yes. for, you know, maybe weeks. Yeah. I feel like a book you get to be more, like, involved with mm -hmm. um, because you are kind of helping create that world. Like, the artist is, mm -hmm. or the writer is describing it, but, like, you kind of help create it by the way you picture it. Right. right. And then, you you know, you're picturing these characters. You're giving them voices because you can't yes. hear a voice. And, like, so you get way more involved and, I think, uh, attached to mm -hmm. the subject matter when well, you get to read it. And a director and a producer, once they've put it into film, it's it's been defined. Yes. Right, and it's it's very it's their vision, but it's very possible they didn't even get what they wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. So your imagination can still run more wild. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'm I'm looking forward to reading that. It'll be a uh, a good story. Also, I love an underdog story. Yeah, me too. Um, I can't help it. That's that's what I am. That's where I come from. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, not having been on the the privileged track or not having had all the coaching resources that probably could have got me further, but still accomplishing what I did. Um, I just I love an underdog story. Um, and uh, I've actually taken up golf. Nice. Yeah. It, How's it going? It's hard, <laughs> but it's fun mm -hmm. and it's challenging. And, uh, it, there's something about it that's different than any sport that I've played before, because in other sports, it's like man versus man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's stick and ball or if it's, you know, mm -hmm. direct combative grappling uh -huh. or if it's, you know, like combination, which is like rugby yeah. <laughs> right, with the combativeness and, <laughs> and the hits and the running and the passing and, and the teamwork. And that's all lovely and glorious, but there's something about this, like, that ball in golf usually doesn't hit back. <laughs> usually. Most of the time. <laughs> if it does, you have done things very wrong. Went with my dad uh, two days after Christmas, and some moron was walking her dog right across the fairway. Oh, and no. what does my dad do? But on his tee shot, hit the dog. Oh, oh no. my God. Oh. It's just like, it's like, it's like this gravity zone, like little black hole. Like, you know, it's the one thing you don't want to do, but it's the only thing that can happen. Because you're focused on right. it now. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Yeah, but there's just that. this, there's this level of concentration and uh, you have to have self-mastery mm -hmm. and you have to be uh, relaxed and flexible and fast and powerful and focused but like relaxed, mm. you have to make good decisions under pressure. Yeah. And it's just, it's a lot. It's very precision oriented yes. and it completely fascinates me. So I've got a few lessons lined up and, uh, oh, fun. I'm going to, um, practice a couple times a week, but then test it out on the course every other week. Nice. So that's the goal. And we want to run that through at least until March. Then if I can hit a couple performance metrics in here and you and I both get our CSCS, mm -hmm. which is up next on the continuing education. Yes. Um, then I can get a membership. Oh, sweet. So yeah. Nice. There we go. Of course. That's exciting. So, yeah. So that's where we're at there. Um, you have a really cool performance goal. You're, I do. You're going to compete in your first powerlifting competition. First powerlifting <gasps> meet, yes, which is scary. That's so exciting, <laughs> though. Oh, my gosh. But it's fun. I was telling somebody yesterday, because, like, you know, with you, like, you're fast. You're such a great runner, and, like, you love the, like fast, hard-hitting, marathon kind of sports, and, like, my short little body doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But my body does like to lift heavy things, and I get great joy from lifting very heavy things. Ah, we dwarfs. Very dangerous. Very true. It's true. Like, I'm Scottish. I'm super-duper Scottish. I'm short and I'm stocky, so this body was made to lift heavy things. You know what, though? Like... <laughs> the the DNA testing. I am majority Scottish as well, and Are not you? just like not minor majority Scottish, like maxi majority? majority Scottish, like seventy percent. So, so this whole I'm Scottish and short. <laughs> that excuse. <laughs> like, Maybe you're a lowlander. <laughs> Us Highlanders, I think we're short. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I'm going to lift in a powerlifting competition, which I'm very excited about. And this one, like, because I've never done it before, I feel like this one's going to be kind of like establishing a baseline, mm -hmm. kind of getting the lay of the land. What does a competition even look like? You right. know, kind of a thing. So, yeah. It's That's exciting. exciting. When is scary. it? It's January yeah. 20th. <gasps> 
That's so exciting. I would venture to say that a good goal would just be to put up a clean squat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be hard to put up a clean deadlift. No. But like, like getting through the nerves of, do the judges say you went low enough and then yeah. getting back up? Mm -hmm. That'll be fine. Just get through that. I think the one I'm most nervous about, though, is bench press, because I know that that's my weakest lift. Mm -hmm. So, but... Yeah, just work on it, and you're good. Well, and the bench press is probably this, the sportiest lift. I say that in air yeah. quotes, right? Meaning that um, it's difficult to train squats wrong. Like, don't hear this wrong, guys. Like, um, <laughs> it's really easy. To, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I left myself open to just ridicule on that one. It's difficult to uh, train squats in a wildly different way that doesn't get you good results that are yeah. also compatible with your body goals. Yes. However, bench press for a sport bench is wildly different than just regular strengthening yourself. Yeah. Press. Right. So it's, I, yeah, I've seen some wild things where like this one chick I watched, she was like, had the legs way far back. She was super arched. Mm -hmm. Arms were super wide. So I think the lift was maybe like six inches. Like it was. If that. If yeah. that. And they were like, this is an amazing lift. I'm like, is it? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I think bench press is, I think it's kind of silly. I, I'm not saying it's not a good exercise. I'm just saying what it's turned to in the sport yeah. world is kind of silly. Yeah, I would agree. I think for functional fitness, diverging just slightly. Yeah. But for people interested in functional fitness, you're way, I think it's going to be way more beneficial for you to pursue a quality push-up than yes. a quality bench press. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. I see few people that like are good at bench press that are great at push-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, talking about like normal, mm -hmm. normal people, not yeah. people that have been training a long time who yeah. probably do both. Right. Right, but like if you you know are one of those teenagers that's trying to figure things out and you're working on your bench, your push-ups are probably. Um, let's see, I, I switched the box that this is a family-friendly show. Um, yeah, yeah, the softest. <laughs> yes, your push-ups are pants. <laughs> Complete pants. There's room oh for progress. <laughs> Jordan's so positive. Uh, I'm just thinking of like I that one. We had one guy that Josh was training to go into the military. And like, I have never seen worse push-ups. They were so bad. Oh, my gosh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. by the time he left, he could do a push-up. <laughs> By the time he left, he could do a push-up. Wow. <laughs> Great testimonial there. No. Um, he could do lots of them. I mean, he could, like, the form was there. No, yeah, the, the form was there. He was getting about 45 uh, academy test push-ups, yeah. which are not full range of motion push-ups. Right. But it, you know. Significant improvement from when he came yes. in. Yeah. Um, this kind of is a performance goal as well. It's, it's more of a consistency goal, but to get your body to change, you have to be relentless. There is no backing off. And, and yes, if you're happy with where you're at, uh, maintenance is easier, mm -hmm. right? But to actually affect that change, you just can't stop. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is definitely a have do be kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Like you have to be a person who is constantly using your body. Yeah. yeah. And that means you have to pay attention to it in terms of, um, definitely recovery 
and listening to your body and, and not uh, going for the superhero workout when you right. need to back up a little bit, but you have to stay in motion. Yeah. You know, saying yeah. that like, oh, my knee feels a little funny. Maybe we need to pay attention to that, but you can't skip leg day. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to change your body, it's something that has to just basically never stop. Mm-hmm. I think too, kind of along what you were saying, maintenance is easier, but at the same time, maintenance doesn't stop. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think like, I'll achieve my goals and then I can just stop. And the, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is if you are not continuing in some sort of regimen, you are going to regress. Like there is no plateau if you stop doing stuff. It's like you have to be in motion even if you want to maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just had a conversation with a guy many, many years ago and it just stuck with me so hard. He was like, you know, Josh, the problem with this whole fitness thing is if you want it, like you, you can't stop. You can't, if you want to lose weight, you have to keep doing it and you can never stop doing it. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, yeah, they I don't see why you're seeing that's such a big problem, you know, <laughs> which is why we focus so much on habit coaching yes. because like it has to become a lifestyle. Like it can't be just this like flash in the pan kind of thing or you're not yeah. going to get anything that lasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why some of the best role models are, um, athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's people in the bodybuilding world that would dispute that. But honestly, the, the athletic aesthetic is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's maybe not the, the Greek statue-looking muscle thing, but, like, it's a real person. Yeah. It's a healthy who's, yeah. version of it. Yeah. Yeah, they got their physique with mm-hmm. doing things that were enjoyable and challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some people enjoy bodybuilding, and that's fine. That's good. It's, you know, maybe a little bit social for them or that mm-hmm. gives them a task to focus on or um, however they got into it. But, you know, you can't stop movement. Mm-mm. No. And even if you're a bodybuilder, like, at some point you will not be a bodybuilder. Right. No. Like, <laughs> and so then you need some sort of movement that yeah. you can continue mm-hmm. to do so that you don't end up as, like, you know, Thor and... And right. Right. The first oh, word of it. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. When you got all, got all. Yes. Fat, yeah. And it would be Thor in right. the like beginning of the series. Right. And bodybuilders <laughs> are impressively strong. Yeah. Like, the ones that are like dedicated to it. It's just they've they've taken it to, in a slightly different direction. So, you know, some of the numbers on that. Some of the best um, like squatters in the world right now you know, 900 pounds, something like that. But that's people that are focusing on that. Mm -hmm. But like those classic bodybuilders were doing like 600 pound squats, you know, and, and like for reps, you know, so it's just, it's a different thing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, are you going to say that that person's not strong? (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Right. They just didn't take it to the pinnacle of performance Mm -hmm. because their goal was a little bit different. Right. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's a little bit of a sidetrack from what we were talking about, which is just like, you know, what is it? Uh, oh, what's that movie? Be the, see the something, be the something. Dang it. I was not ready for podcast. Oh, movie today. I don't know. It's probably some either kids movie or some Marvel movie. The only oh, one no. that's springing to mind is Miss Congeniality. Yeah, okay. See the crown. Be the crown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to win Miss Congeniality, I guess you got to be naturally congenial. <laughs> or otherwise, you got to be a backstabbing, conniving politician. Or save the pageant from a bomb threat. Right. <laughs> you know, I suppose. 
that if you saved a pageant from a bomb threat and the only award available to society was Miss Congeniality, well then, the shoe fits. That's fine. But I'm, I'm sure we can scare up something a little bit, you know, more appropriate for Miss Bullock there. Um, all right. Well, we'll be looking at uh, specific goal-setting techniques in the next couple podcasts. Um, stuff to get your mind right. Uh, we'll be looking at just a, like an overview of the human body. Stuff to get your workouts right. Uh-huh. Right? But I think it just comes down to relentless, relentless pursuit, never quitting. Right? And then at some point, as you do that, the revelation of, oh, this is what consistency means, mm-hmm. just becomes a little bit more apparent. And then as you get a little more intense and a little more consistent, Somewhere down the road, there's a, yet another revelation of, oh, this is what consistency means. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then as that's happening, your body is changing. Absolutely. Um, and if that's not happening, then you need to dig a little deeper into half doobie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And that's fine. That's not wrong. Uh, speech of the week. You only learn when you win. That sounds a little controversial, and I love telling that to people and just seeing them going, like, what? <laughs> like, but that's because we've had such a such a level of, like, every experience is good, and you should. You should salvage everything mm-hmm. and gain wisdom from everything. But you only learn what it takes to win when you've actually won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about powerlifting that you're about to do. If we put a barbell with 250 pounds of weight on it on the ground and you're going to deadlift it, if you apply 200 pounds of pressure, 225 pounds of force, Mm -hmm. 235, 240, 249 pounds, you did not lift the weight. Right. You need 250 pounds to overcome that load and to get it off the ground. Right. You only learn what it takes mm. when you do what it takes. Yep. So ways to build that winner's mindset. Um, this one is a, is a classic, but make your bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have the habit of being a winner, yep. pick a thing and start winning at it. I almost defaulted on making my bed this morning. I didn't. I was like, you know what? Yeah, because I got to write the checks for the payroll and I got to have a quick breakfast and I got to get there to do the podcast and this and that. But I was like, you know what? No, this is how I'm this is how I start my day. Why? Because I'm a winner. And so Mm -hmm. just that Mm -hmm. that's my little coin in the piggy bank Mm -hmm. for I'm going to be a winner today. And I don't care what else happens the rest of the day. Right. But that's the habit of winning. So Mm -hmm. um, overcoming anything else is just the same. There are more complex environments out there. There are more difficult challenges that aren't just a linear weight on the floor that you're trying to pick up, Mm -hmm. but you won't learn how to win until you win. And when you do, then you understood what it took Mm -hmm. because everything up until that point didn't get the job done. And that's some of the most valuable learning. Yeah. Agreed. Well, happy new year guys. Thanks, Christina. Thanks Jordan for joining me. And uh, we'll hit it later.